Hey guys, I'm Ashley. And I'm Amanda. And this right here is Allegedly. so glad you guys are joining us and we would really love to grow the allegedly family you can find us on instagram twitter and facebook by searching allegedly tcp you can also email us at allegedly true crime at yahoo.com you can also rate and review the podcast or share it on whatever platform you're listening to us on what we didn't mention is that we actually have a website now um i have been super hard at work yes, all this has all this week doing cases and making this website which initially we were not going to do and then yeah we started this thing out saying we did not want a website it meant that we didn't want it we just didn't need it right away we're like we don't need one right away guess what we have one i also don't think we need twitter but yeah i won't be in charge of the twitter account because amanda doesn't know how to tweet and i cannot figure twitter out for the life of me james insisted we get a twitter account does he use twitter he does use twit twitted tweeted Yes. He uses it? He oh. uses all that. So we do have a... I mean, people do, though. So... And we're following some awesome podcasts like Love Murder, uh, Crime Junkie, Morbid, Morbid. Uh, Moms and Murder. We're following all of them. Plus, any of the ones that popped up, like I'm fi- I'm following Elena. I'm following Ash. I'll, I'm fi- following uh, True Crime and Cocktails. I put that on there for us. I... 60 Minutes, 48 Hours... Like I said, good ladies All and the, gentlemen, she is on a roll. I was. this. It, it wasn't even like the whole week. It was just really this past weekend. Yeah, really hasn't. Yeah, just the four-day weekend. Yeah, this is day four, and I've gotten a lot accomplished. Um, but you can find our website by going to www.allegedlyatruecrimepodcast.godaddysites.com. I know that it's not just like allegedlyatruecrimepodcast.com, but as of right now... Like, that's what we're doing. So, um, why, why don't we, is there anything else we need to talk about? No. Did you have a good week? Sure. <laughs> okay. We, um, got a lot of sun. Yeah. She has a sunburn going on. Yes. Um, I did want to tell you though that, uh, we ran into, James and I were at Walmart and we ran into his niece, Thais. Yes. It's a rhyming situation there. And, um, yeah, so she, he, I walked over, and he's telling her about Allegedly. Nice. Yeah, he's the biggest cheerleader. So he's telling her about it, giving her the information for her to find it. Like, she literally had her phone out and found it and followed, and she's going to listen to us. And she's like, what is it about? And as soon as I said true crime when I finally came over, she was like, oh, my God, I love true crime. Everybody says... You know, like, how do you fall asleep to true crime? And she's like, I find it soothing. And I was like... And that's your people. I felt everything in yeah. that moment. I mean, I understand people are like, how do you fall asleep to murder? Easily. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I don't fall asleep to murder. I cannot watch murder or listen to murder before I go to sleep. I have to listen or watch or read something that's funny. 
or happy. Oh, well, see, I don't have to do that, but I do listen to, like, soothing sounds when I go to sleep. Yes, you do. But I'm just trying to drown out the rabbits that live above my head. Hopefully she never listens to our podcast. Mm -hmm. She won't. Oh. I'm sure. Um, yeah, so let's just get into it. Yeah. Why don't we do that? All right, so today we are going to talk about Kim Edwards and Lucas Markham. Have you ever heard of them, Amanda? Nope. No. All right, so we are headed to Spalding, Lincolnshire, England today. We're hopping over the pond. How do you feel about that? We're, we're going. That's to a different continent, over the ocean. I've never been over there before, have you? No, but I'm my ancestors are from there, so I would be really intrigued to go there. Yeah, my ancestors, well, some of them are from there. I mean, I've been out of the U.S., but I've only gone to Mexico. I've been to Mexico. Okay. That I mean, doesn't... I haven't been to Canada, and that's closer to us, so. Me either. That's so weird. Well, let's talk about this. Kim Edwards was born around 2002-ish. Ish. I um, don't know why when you said this was from England, I immediately thought, oh, 1922. No, you, 2002. You, you know that they're, like, in 2022 right now, right? They're not yeah, just Yeah, but stuck. I don't know why. <laughs> Do you watch that show? What is it called? Bridger Bridgerton? Yes, I do. Do I, you? What year are they in? <laughs> what year is that set in? Is that why you just think they're... Maybe. I don't know why I thought that. I, I have a feeling you, you'd think that way because it's like kings and queens and yes. princesses. And that does not sound like a time. But it's that's right. how their country is, yeah. you know? You're right. You're right. So, anyway. She was born around 2002-ish. And the reason I say ish is because I couldn't find her actual birth date anywhere. So I did some math, and that's why I said ish. So two years after Kim's birth, her sister Katie was born. So Kim and Katie. Right. I'm unsure. Is this her real name? Yep. Or just a name she goes by? Nope. Okay. <laughs> okay, just making sure. <laughs> Kim and Katie. Be sure to ask me that in our next few episodes oh, that we Lord. do after this. Because I just got done researching one today that I was like, Amanda's going to hate me. <laughs> so I am an, I'm unsure of when this occurred, but her father became MIA oh. and just abandoned the family. I don't know how old she was. I think it was super early on, though. So she was raised by just a single mother. Um, it left her. It left Kim, her mom, Elizabeth, and her sister, Katie, alone okay now there is another sister her name is mary i don't know if that is a full sister or a half sister there wasn't much information um and i wasn't gonna get into all of like her is this mary younger or older than older okay and she lived elsewhere okay so not what she was out home. of yep okay. it was, so in the home it was just mother elizabeth yep, kim and katie yep okay so kim kim's mom was liked around town all right, and they kept calling her a dinner lady. What does that mean? I think it means almost like a lunch lady at school or something. Is what oh. it sounded like. Now, mind you, they have different. They call right, right. They have different okay. things they say. Remember the book I was telling you about? Absolutely. Yep. They yep. were having a ding, ding dong, dong out in the street. Right. I was like, why are they dealing with Twinkies or male anatomy in the street? Right. That's no, not that's not what I meant. A fight. a fight. Yep. And, but it wasn't a row. That's an argument. That yeah, there was I, they just have different 
terminology. That there was British lessons with Ashley. Okay. Don't ask me too much more. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay, so Elizabeth was a dinner lady. Yep, and she was also involved with volunteering as well as the church. Okay. Kim and Katie had a sibling feud. Not like you're older than me, you're younger than me, I hate you kind of thing like that. No, it was a full-on feud, even though there are pictures of them on the internet where you would think, oh my god, they're such loving sisters. No. So Kim says that her mom favored Katie. Hmm. Uh, Kim was said to be the rebellious type, while Katie was said not to be. Okay. On Copycat Killers, DJ, or I'm sorry, on Copycat Killers, Dr. J. Buzz Von Orsteiner, a forensic pathologist, said there are many reasons why one parent may favor a child over another. One may be the parent just identifies with that child stronger than the other. You don't have any experience with that, do you? No. Lies. That is a straight up lie. You you definitely have that. Mackenzie? Is it Mackenzie? Absolutely not. It's Abby. It's Ryan. And it has to do with sports. It's because we connect on that level. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um... But you have siblings. Lots of them. Okay, so have you ever felt the divide among you guys where parents may be favored one over another? 100%. Were you the favorite? No. Okay, so I have a... And I'm the only girl. Right. That's so I was not, And I was not the favorite. Yeah. Um, I have one sibling. Shannon. Um, Shannon, yep. And she's significant... Not significantly older than me. She's probably like five, six years older than me. But she was not with me in my household. She was at my dad's, who I only went to during the summer. Um, and there was a divide among Shannon and I, only because my mom was putting the divide there. Yes. And she was planting it in my head that uh, my father loved Shannon more. And so there was that divide that wasn't there because of my dad, and it wasn't there because of Shannon, and it wasn't there because of me, but it was there because of an outsider. So is that what the situation is? Did any, did you find anything like that, um, or was it just strictly just... I have a feeling it was in Kim's head. It very yeah. well may have been, but she's also rebellious, so maybe she's just creating this in her head because Could be. she just needed drama, it sounds like. Could be. So I, I don't know if it was imagined or if it was an actual thing. Um, I think that Elizabeth did make it clear that that was not a thing. Uh, she did not see why Kim would feel that or anything like that. So it may have just been, she just imagined it in her head. Right. But it was the biggest issue in her life, almost for the entirety of her life. Oh my. She mm-hmm. really focused that much on it. Oh yeah. At wow. one point, Kim described herself described her and her sister, she described Katie as an angel and herself as a train wreck. Isn't that heartbreaking? That's so sad. So in the household that seemed to have an immense amount of friction and tension, which honestly I think Kim was creating, things came to blows. So an article on BBC stated that the incident happened in January 2008. As I've stated with math, 
because I couldn't find her age. This is where I kind of did the age thing. Right. Um, math says she's not even close to a teenager then. She was born 2002-ish. Mind you, at this point, depending on what source you look at, Kim's about eight years old, but math says she's more like six. Six. So, so between six and eight, somewhere in there. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. But I do think it was on the lower end. Um, Kim and her mother got into an argument over something having to do with the television. I mean, I think that's just... Normal? That's normal. Um, and I don't know exactly what it was. There were no real, like, answers to that. I know the video that I watched showed that Katie and Kim were fighting over a remote. And that is how this happened. Um, but whatever happened, in the heat of the moment, Elizabeth struck Kim. Oh my. All right. To me, it's unclear where or how she did this. The show depicted it as an open-handed slap across the face of the child. However, the show also made it seem that Kim was a teenager at the time of the incident. Okay? They didn't do, like, age progression. Uh, The Daily Mail article has said that there's a police report that stated the mother completely lost it and hit Kim in the jaw in front of her sister when she complained about a television being broken. So they just said hit. I don't know if that's... But when you say in the jaw, I kind of feel like that's a punch. Because usually if you hit open-handedly, it's in the face. Like on the cheek. Right. So at this point, we just know she was hit. She was struck. Yeah, she was struck. And it was by her mother. By her mother. So now I understand that hitting your child is a topic much debated. It is. Right? And everyone has their own opinions. Yep. And I just want to make it clear that here at Allegedly... Have your own opinions. Yep. We are not going to chastise you for that. Nope. I'm not stating mine here for clarification. Me either. Um, but I did do some quick research. Okay? okay. I did get, or did not get into all the specifics surrounding these two areas as far as what is allowed and not. But I did find answers for the U.S. and England on the question of can I smack my child. Oh, okay. <clears throat> So, according to Wikipedia, I know, Wikipedia, corporal corporal punishment of children by parents is legal to some extent in all 50 states and explicitly legal according to the state laws of all 50 states. So, you can to an extent. I do not know when that was updated last, of course, uh, but I do know the firsthand that social services will tell you differently regardless of the extent. Yes, they, yeah. I was told that I could not spank my children or they would take them from me. Yeah, that's, I think that's generally what people assume or are told. Yeah. According to nationalworld.com, smacking your child is unlawful in England, but it's allowed if it constitutes reasonable punishment. Regardless. I'm going to tell you this. I understand heat of the moment. Everybody has a breaking point. That doesn't make it right. But I will say that I once got into an argument with my daughter. She was just barely a teen then. But she was pushing me. And she wouldn't let it go. And she had called me a name. And I can't even remember what it was now. And without thinking, I did smack her mouth. Because it was something she shouldn't have said. Not only was she calling me it, but she shouldn't have said that word. And I did smack her mouth. She ended up cowering in a corner, terrified of me. And I felt 
Absolutely. Oh, I bet. Yeah. But we did get past the event, and I can say it's never reoccurred. Our household's not in turmoil, as it ever has been, or anything like that. And we have a loving relationship. Elizabeth, however. Oh, goodness. Felt as though she did not have a handle on the household. And after the incident, she turned herself into social services. And I must applaud her for that. To realize that there is an issue that she can't handle and go, I need some help. However, that resulted in Kim and Katie being sent away to foster care for several months. Months? Months. Oh, my. But again, I applaud Elizabeth. Yeah, I mean, of course. Later in the year, though, Elizabeth got custody back and social services closed the case. Okay. However. Oh, gosh. Elizabeth did tell several people that she thought and believed that Kim, Kim never truly forgave her for giving her or hitting her or whatever. Well, really, yeah, that. But Kim now had abandonment issues. Because her father left and now her mother. And now her mother gave her up. So as even though her mom got her back, she's like, you abandoned me for months. Um, so I'm unsure, again, if, if the unforgiving has to do with favoritism, the smack, or the feeling of abandonment. Or a combination of all three. It very well could be. In 2013, the issues returned again with Kim and her mother. Oh, goodness. Kim, Over a TV remote? No. Oh. Kim seemed to keep the ball rolling with the problem over and over again with any problem. So it was like, problem, solve it, problem, solve it. I think she was just like, I think she liked drama. Yeah. That's what it sounds, sounds like, like. And this went on for the next three years. In September 2013, Elizabeth told Kim's teachers that she knew that her daughter was planning to run away. However, by 2014, she told them that their relationship had improved. So I really think it was that. It was almost like a tug of war. Yeah. Which I cannot imagine what that's like. Especially with a child. I don't deal with that nonsense in, like, friends. No. That would be that's exhausting. Yeah. So, eight months later, Kim told support workers her mother had tried to strangle her. That is, that's a big accusation to just say. Kim and Elizabeth, or Katie and Elizabeth denied it. That never happened. But again, I mean, we're not that far in, and Kim likes drama, clearly. But... Her it's mom almost like she s- likes the attention. Yeah, but her mom also did smack her one time. Right, so, so people are likely to believe her. Right. Let's move away from Kim. Okay. Let's move to Lucas Markham. He grew up with a tra- tragic life story as well. Yeah. Growing up, his home was filled with domestic violence issues to the point that his brothers were sent to live with his aunt along with him. During that time, he was just a young boy. His mother died of leukemia. Lucas felt displaced at his aunt's. I don't know if they just didn't. They just didn't mesh well, maybe. They they didn't mesh well. Or maybe he he just didn't feel at home. Yeah. I mean, I know that feeling. That's logical. You know, just being somewhere you're not, you know, like, I'm not supposed to be here. Um, He felt zero love in his life or connections to other people. Again, I don't know if that's just something internally he's feeling. They very well could have, like, doted on him and loved him. He just didn't feel it or something yeah. like that. Um, his father was an alcoholic and would rather drink than take care 
of or fight for the well-being of his children. Lucas developed issues at school as well. He seemed to live in a flip-flop manner. Uh, he was in the behavioral unit at school where they were unsure of what Lucas would be from moment to moment. So think like bipolar, but right. to the extreme minute to minute. Is he going to be awesome and have a great day? Or is he just going to, is this just going to go to hell in a handbasket? Right. Minute to minute. He was either happy and friendly or he was furious and causing issues. He flipped emotions and actions so much the school was unsure of what to expect from him. His close friend, Adam Free, said that while Lucas was friendly, he was a nuisance at school. A nuisance. He was put into the behavioral unit for constantly fighting. So, Amanda, we're going to take a little detour, and I have some questions for you to answer. Okay. All right? What were you like as a teenager? Like, specifically, early teens. Um, I was good in school. I played sports. I never got in trouble. Um, okay. All right. Do you remember ever being in love when you were a teenager? Yes. What was it like? Was it like that whirlwind? You couldn't live without this person or was yeah. it? It was, it was, it was euphoric it was yeah uh yeah it was everything it it i, I think as especially as teenagers once you feel that that love it's it overtakes everything 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 and it changes the way you think like you would not do things the same way no yeah have you ever been so in love that you would consider someone you and someone else star-crossed lovers what does star-crossed lovers mean we're gonna get into that well, what about soulmates? That's an easier term for you, right? I believe in soulmates. I think, I think, I think star-crossed lovers, um, I'll get into the definition in a minute, but I know that, like, Dawson and Joey from Dawson's Creek, they were star-crossed lovers. But they didn't end up together. Yeah, I know. You're gonna like that, do you? So, <laughs> no, I like her with Pacey. I do like I her I was very Pacey. happy with that. This is not what that's about. Yeah, <laughs> All right, so I have a question for you, and I, I, I know you're going to kind of giggle at it because of recent discussions. When I say the word twilight, what do you think of? Vampires. <laughs> Edward. I'm totally team Edward. All the way. I am too, and I'm really glad you gave me the right answer. I was, was that the right answer? That was the right answer, but I, according to your son, that's, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know if Kim and Lucas were star-crossed lovers or soulmates or something else. A lot of reports that I saw said they were star-crossed lovers, and Kim saw it that way, too. Star-crossed lovers and soulmates, according to Dictionary.com, star-crossed lovers refers to any lovers whose affection for each other is doomed to end in tragedy. While soulmates refers to a person ideally suited to another as a close friend or romantic partner. Oh, yeah. My first high school love was definitely star-crossed lovers. <laughs> yep. So people have difference of opinions when it comes to distinguishing the two within stories. But according to Yardbarker.com, in an online article named The Most Star-Crossed Cinematic Lovers of All Time... Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. That, yes, was not on there, but might need to be. Might need to be. 
Um, out of 25, there were 25 couples listed. I'm not naming them all. Okay. But here are some that I found. Romeo and Juliet. That's a given. Duh. Jack and Rose from Titanic. Duh. Tony and Maria from West Side Story. Rhett and Scarlet from Gone with the Wind. I only really threw that in there because I'm named after Ashley. From you Gone are. Gone the you man. Are. The wimpy guy. Not the awesome Rhett guy. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Not that guy. The other one. The other one. <laughs> Landon and Jamie from A Walk to Remember. <gasps> Can I just tell you? Is Landon named after him? Landon is named after My son Landon is named after him. But I really only threw that one in there because we talked about A Walk to Remember back in oh, Brooke yeah, yeah, Skyler's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, little ties. Yeah, they're all. Little ties. And, of course, Edward and Bella from Twilight. So those are all star-crossed lovers. According to that site, I know that my boyfriend James is going to tell me differently. Because he does not see Edward and Bella as star I don't see lovers. them as star-crossed lovers either. Okay. So when they say end in tragedy, it doesn't mean it has to be death or anything. Really, it's two people who just, they're not supposed to be together. That's where it comes in. Like... Like Romeo and Juliet. It wasn't because they were ending in tragedy with death. It's because their families didn't want them to be together. Okay, I got so you. I got you. for Edward and Bella, right. Bella's a human. He's a vampire. They're not supposed to be together. Right. Okay. Her I got dad you. is fully against it. They're not supposed to be together. Star-crossed lovers. Got you. Okay. For those of you who do not know what Twilight is, I'm going to sum it up the best I can. But I'm only going to sum up. It's the amazing. first movie. It's a uh, or Cause, book because the, yes. the movies are based. So on originally, books. it was a book series written by Stephanie Meyer. Is it Meyer? I can never. People pronounce it both ways. I don't know. Okay, that consisted of four books named Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse, and Breaking Dawn. It was then turned into a series of five movies, which made Breaking Dawn a two-part series. A two-parter. Yeah. A screenplay for Twilight was written by Melissa Rosenberg. And accepted by Summit Entertainment for film. The movie was released in the United States on November 21st, 2008. The story is about Edward Cullen and Isabella Swan, better known as Bella. Honestly, I've heard people say the feel of the story can loosely fall in line with Romeo and Juliet. And I think that's just because of the forbidden romance thing. Yeah, I think so. Essentially, Edward is a vampire. And while he stays his distance from everyone else because of his immortality it's also clear that on some level his family are outcasts from the small town of forks washington mainly because they're vampires and no one knows so people just perceive them as weird yeah they don't know however edward has a draw to bella that he eventually cannot deny or ignore even though he tried to fight it for like five seconds yeah it was literally like like five seconds seconds. not it was not that far and then he was like you know what yeah I need, I need you. The movie continues with the love that grows between Edward and Bella as they navigate the disapproval of their relationship from Bella's fa- father as well as other vampires. Although Edward's family seemed a little keen on the idea of them being together. They just had to be very careful because they had new new vampires who weren't... Because, you know, Edward was old and seasoned. Yeah, but they were like whatever the opposite of vegan is because he wouldn't drink human blood he'd rather drink animals right so you know he was like a 
a vegan, a vegan vampire. Yes, but not in the animal sense, the human sense. <laughs> yes. It's so Have weird. we lost anybody yet? <laughs> when vampires come to kill Bella, after finding out that she's human and dating a vampire, Edward and his family step up to save her, and in the end, the two fall in love, and they spend their evening at the prom, happy in the fact that they could be together without those disapprovals. Dun, dun, dun. Because <laughs> that is only the first movie. Yeah. Let's... Let's let's do something else now. Okay. Let's get into the meat of the murder. Ooh, who dies? And find out what happens. So, due to the love and abandonment that Kim felt like she didn't have in her life, when she saw the movie Twilight, she felt a connection to it. She saw Bella as an outcast, which she sees herself as, and just intertwined herself into Bella's life essentially just like yeah that's we're the same we're one and the same i don't i don't think Whoa, they were but Kim, that's i think you need to slow <laughs> your roll <laughs> i know this has taken quite the weird turn so she met lucas at school okay so they went to school together yep and she saw this to be another parallel between her and bella and twilight was the she f- highly disappointed when she realized lucas was not a vampire you know, that's a really good question. I don't think that worried her at all. The first, you ready? The first time Kim saw Lucas, how do you think they met? From across the lunchroom. Oh. Was that right? He was throwing a chair across the room oh in my. class in a fit of rage. <laughs> oh and for some reason that attracted her to him. Was he in the behavioral him. unit too? Behavioral? <laughs> behavioral? Behavioral? Stop it. I really can't. But could you imagine? Picture that in your mind. You see this young man in a fit of rage, throwing a chair across the room, with his peers and his teachers there, and you go, "God, that's so sexy." No, I would never think that. I need him. I want him. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. I'm sure ten things I hate about you. I love that movie so much. I had to say it. Um, I would be like, "There's something wrong with him. He scares me, and he's going to get in trouble." And I don't like any any of those things. Right, because she's not full of drama and, like, in trouble. So they were 13. Okay. They were not Bella age 17. No. No. They were 13, and she fell for him on the spot. She was like, ooh, he picked up that chair really nicely. Look at those muscles. I don't know what she was looking at. Um, from that moment on, they were inseparable. I don't know how Lucas felt about her, but he must have felt for her, too. Maybe he just liked the attention that she gave him. Maybe. Um, it was more instantaneous than that of Bad- Bedward. That's a combination of Bella <laughs> Edward and Edward. and Bella. Um, we said, what, like five seconds for Edward? This took like 0. .5. seconds, yeah. Yeah. Kim knew that this was her true love. They had bonded over their connection of shared toxic childhoods. Now, mind you, she saw Bella, Bella's story, and the way that Bella handled, like, being in a new town, she had that turmoil thing going on with her mother, she wasn't living with her mother, because her mother was seeing that guy. Who was a minor league baseball player. So he had to be... Traveling. Yeah, and so she went to live with her dad, who she's not very fond of, so she had a weird 
upbringing as well. So Kim saw herself as that. But what what happened was Bella fell in love with Edward, and that was her like <gasps> moment. You know? Yeah. So this is Lucas to Kim. Now I'm gonna do a little sidebar. Okay. In August of 2014, Adam's father, remember Adam? Lucas's best friend, Adam Free? Yes. His father, Warren Free, was brutally murdered. (gasps) Brutally murdered. By a gang of teenagers. Allegedly. So while there wasn't a whole lot of information on this, because I was like, oh my gosh, we have a murder inside of a murder? There wasn't a lot of information on it. But here's, here's how the story goes. Warren was outside his home protecting it from a group of teens. I'm not exactly sure why he was protecting his home from the group of teens. I don't know if they were, like, yelling things or throwing things or, like, trying to vandalize the home. But he was protecting his home from this group of six teens. He was then viciously murdered with a metal pole. He was hit about the head and died from his injuries at 42 years old. So he was beat with the metal pole. And then that left Adam by himself? Well, I think he has a mother. Oh, well, yeah, I know, but I wasn't sure if she was, like... I think Adam had a better a better upbringing, upbringing than, you know, I don't think he had all this turmoil. I mean, I'm sure he was devastated at the loss of his father, of but... Of course. I watched him on videos, and it doesn't seem that he's, like, a bad kid. He didn't let it affect him like that. Okay, so he, even though he had this really tragic thing in his life, he didn't seem to... He wasn't in the behavioral unit. Okay, so then why were him and Lucas such good friends? I don't know. Maybe they were friends since they were little. It doesn't really say. They could have been, like, childhood friends. Friends. I mean... Right. uh, My best friend at one point was not... She, I mean, she would would stick up for me, but she was also like, you gonna call her a bitch? Come at me, bro! You know? Yeah, yeah, She was the one who was always in the principles, that kind of thing. Maybe it's just the opposites attract. Maybe. Um, so the group of 16s ranging from 15 years old to 18 went to trial and they were found not guilty of murder. Their lawyers said they were acting in self-defense. Adam said, Lucas was on my side with my dad's murder, but he sort of wanted to know a bit more about what happened and how they really got away with it. I guess they were thinking about how they could get away with murder because the people who killed my dad did. Keep that in your mind. That's creepy. Like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry your dad's dead. But how did they get away? How they did this? Can we go through bullet points? Did they wear gloves? Were there any video cameras? How did they get away with this? That would be, I'd be like, red Red flag. flag. Yeah. Soon... Lucas and Kim were having sex. Mind you, they are 13. 13. Yeah. Spending all their time together and having sex. I was not 13 when I had my first Me sexual either. encounter. No. No. So this was particularly concerning to Elizabeth. Okay, she knew. <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't think they were trying to hide it. Gotcha. They were definitely all over each other all the time. The video that I watched... Uh, Copycat killers definitely portrayed it very well. Ooh. I mean, not in a rated X. No, 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 I got you, yeah. They were definitely touchy-feely. They were, you know, kissing all the time. PDA was heavy. Yikes. 
Um, so she made it known. She's not fond of the pair. She made that known right away. She thought they were far too young to be having a sexual relationship. I agree. And that the infatuation of the romance was highly unhealthy. Also. Also agree. I guess I could agree with that. Elizabeth described the couple as a time bomb waiting to go off. She begged Kim to break it off and eventually just banned Lucas from her home. I would agree with that, but now you're just pissing off Kim. Yeah, I feel like I understand where the mom's coming from, but then I would also be afraid, like, oh. Well, like, she has another kid in the household, so we can't be having this stuff around Katie. From the video, which, I mean, you know, it's a reenactment, but... I mean, they'd be sitting there watching TV and Kim just climbs into his lap and straddles him and starts making out with him. She's 13. Her daughter, or her, Elizabeth's daughter, the other daughter, is two years younger than Kim. So 11. Yeah, can't have that. No. So just like Edward and Bella's unconventional relationship, they found ways to meet in secret. They were forced to meet in the garden. As the pair continued wanting to meet and see each other, but ran into roadblocks by Elizabeth, Kim wrote a letter to a teacher at her school that said, quote, I am trying to be strong, but I couldn't do it anymore. And usually that can only be taken one way. Sounds like a suicide. Suicide note. Yep. So in January 2015, Elizabeth arranged an emergency psychiatric appointment. After discovering a suicide note left by Kim. Now, I don't know if that's the same suicide note. Or a different one. Or a different one, but however, Kim was assessed. They found no evidence of mental illness and let her go. Which I think is so odd. You know? If you're mental, can't you pretend that you're not and just... Yeah, but is she gonna... Is Kim sitting there being honest and saying, like, I don't... My mom and I don't have a good relationship. Yeah, Here's the proof of this. Um, like, or is she just going, oh, everything's just... I don't get it. Dandelions yeah. and roses and I butterflies and... I know. I'm then again, I'm not a mental I don't health know. professional, so... I, you would just think that there would be some... Something. Yeah. But they found nothing, so... In August of the same year, 2015, the Child and Adolescent Mental Health Services in Lincolnshire reported Kim's relationship with her mother was much better. Oh, well, that's good. But oh, I knew there was a Kim was feeling left out of the family triangle yet again. In October of 2015, Lucas and Kim stole a tent from their school. A tent? Yeah. 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 I'm laughing because I don't remember my school having tents. Why does their school have a tent? I don't know. It's England. What are y'all doing with tents in England in school? <laughs> I, don't I don't remember my school having tents. But they stole a tent from school and they ran away from home together. Six days later, they were found living in the forest in a nearby town. Again, just paralleling it back to Bella and Edward, the forest played a really big thing for them. That's where he really showed her who he was. And she really said, hey, I don't care who you are. So I think that just plays into the narrative. When Kim returned to her mother, she was flabbergasted to find that her mother gave some of her possessions to her sister Katie, 
And the other thing, she just got rid of altogether. Also, Elizabeth allowed Kim, Kim's bedroom, to be used as a playroom for Katie. And she was only gone six days? (laughs) Holy Hannah. I, I, maybe there was just so much turmoil that she was like, well, that's, that's done. So you can have this stuff if you don't want it. Let me know. I'll take it to the thrift store and. I feel like that's awfully quick. For it is awfully mother. quick. It is awfully quick, but you know, I mean, we don't. Again, we don't know the detailed issues. Right, we true. don't know the extent of this. I mean, Kim was going to say she was running away, so maybe her mom was like, "Oh my god, just do it already," and then was like, "Oh, she finally did. Stop threatening it." You know? Maybe, yeah, we don't know. So, <clears throat> of course, this sent Kim into total chaos. As she read the situation that her mother didn't expect her to come back and she was fine that she disappeared. I I would have thought that too. Okay, but you left willingly. You weren't I was also, abducted. I'm also a child. You are also a child, but again, she's creating a bunch of issues. Still I a don't child. know. She is still a child. I agree. Elizabeth banned the couple from seeing each other now at all. But this led to more tension between the mother and daughter, and in turn strengthened the teen's bond with each other. Who really didn't see just, that coming? I know, right? I thought it was all just going to be over, and that was the end of our story, and everybody just lived happily ever after. Oh, we gotta find out who dies. I know. Who's being murdered here? In March of 2016, Kim tried to kill herself by taking an overdose of painkillers. She was taken to the hospital and survived. However, after waking up, she spent the next several days crying. Because she wasn't successful? No, because she couldn't be with her love, Lucas. Oh, okay. After arriving home and getting settled, Kim snuck out of the house to see Lucas. Lucas. That was when he professed his love to her. Telling her he couldn't live without her. They'd be together forever. He also slightly mentioned that he'd like to kill her mother. <gasps> I love you forever. We're going to live together forever. I love you so much. She ran with the mother killing thing, didn't she? Kim did not miss a beat. And she was totally on board with that idea. I don't know how he just like slipped that in there and just. She just, she went with it. So by this time, Lucas was banned from Kim's house. Kim was now banned from Lucas's house. And Lucas's temper had gotten him expelled from school. Shocking turn of events. He was sent to another school. That all worked against the couple as well. Kim saw it as the world trying to split them up. He was moved to another school because the school didn't want them to be together now. I'm sure that that was exactly what they were thinking. Couldn't be the issues that he has. So, you ready for this? This is great. You want to know how they came up with the murder plot and where they did it. Where do you think they came up with the murder plot? In the woods. They had nowhere else to meet, apparently. Apparently the garden and the woods that they ran off to were no longer an option for some reason. (laughs) They got together at a local McDonald's. Exactly. And that is where Kim ranted like any teenager to her boyfriend about the issues with her mother. Picture this, because what I'm about to tell you is true. The two teens are sitting at McDonald's. Okay? 
Other people are around with earshot. The young teens are eating Happy Meals and talking about murder. They're like, oh my god, look at this. What toy did you get? I got a little princess. What did you get? Oh, you got a race car? So about killing my mother. (laughs) Should we try to choke her with the race car? Or should we take the hands of this Barbie princess I got and try to choke her to death? Strangle her with the Barbie princess hands. What do you think? Are you going to eat the kid's fry? Because I want that. Mine didn't come with all of them. And I don't like when they touch the box. But yours are all intact (laughs) in the bag. I only got three chicken nuggets. Can I get one of yours? Happy Meals. They didn't give me my dip. (laughs) About murder. (laughs) Like, isn't that the most crazy thing you have ever heard in in your life? That... That does not scream child more than anything in this. So they're ordering Happy Meals, talking about murder, having sex, can't control their behavior... Running away, trying to commit suicide, getting expelled. 13 years old. I don't even... I think at 13 years old, I may have had my first kiss. I have not had not. Oh, well, I I did. And I don't even think... I may have just started my menstrual cycle. Oh, I did not get that until I was 16. So. (laughs) That may have been a little TMI. TMI. So, for the next few days, they planned out the murder of Elizabeth. After talking it out, they decided to kill her in her sleep. You know, because that's what's most decent. And then in true Romeo and Juliet form, they decided they were going to overdose on prescription medication in order to be together forever. It's the dumbest thing I ever heard. (laughs) So, with the murder planned out... Oh, shoot. I forgot to tell you one more thing. They also were going to kill Katie. Um, so, moving on. Of course on, they were. With the murder planned out, they set a deadly date. All right? They planned it out at McDonald's over their Happy Meals and their little tiny sodas. And they, they made a murder date. All right? Kim was supposed to let Lucas in through a bathroom window after he walked to her house. All right? So on April 11th, 2016, that's the murder date, Lucas walked to Kim's house to commit the murder. He tapped on the window, waiting for Kim to answer. And waiting for Kim to answer. Now, mind you, she was excited about the murder. Yeah. Very excited. Not excited enough to stay awake, because she fell asleep and did not let him in, so he went home. Again, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Again, you would think that they could have just stopped here and went, all right, it didn't yeah, work this out. This is not a good idea. This We can't stay awake this long, so. So they did meet up, and Kim apologized for falling asleep. She's like, I totally want to do this. I absolutely want to do this. We, we're doing this. I'm excited. They said another murder date? Yes. They yeah, planned it for the two. next night. <laughs> So, April 12th, Lucas walked to Kim's house again and ready to commit the murder, tapped on the window, waiting for Kim to answer. Again, so Kim fell asleep. 
Again. Again. Two nights in a row. At this point, I mean... Maybe she should pregame this and nap during the day. <laughs> I'm just saying. Don't do that. She's uh, no, like, I'm so excited. Like, my adrenaline. This is what I want to do. We're going to be together forever. It would be like kids and tooth fairies wanting to get the money or Santa Claus or something like that. And they stay awake for it. The adrenaline keeps them awake. Not her. It tires her out. Too much excitement. I, I am baffled by that. <laughs> so I think at this point I would have said enough is enough. Yeah. Clear the Ailey. The excitement is far too much for you or it's not enough for you to stay awake and actually go through it with it. We're done. Shut it down. Yeah. Absolutely not. So the date was set one more time. The 13th? Yep. Oh, you love 13. I know. Maybe she loved 13 too and just wanted to push it out a couple days. I doubt it. She's doubt just, it. She's because she's psycho. So on April 13th, a third time, he made the truck to her house, tapped on the window, and this time Kim was ready and willing. So Lucas had taken a bag of four kitchen knives with him. I don't know why he needs four. Why did he need four of them? I don't know if he thought, like, I can only use one and then it's no longer useful, so now I need another. <laughs> well, I mean, he did order a Happy Meal, so maybe he wasn't quite sure how the kitchen knives worked. I don't know. He must have thought of it like like bullets. Yeah, once I used one, I'll it's I'll over. Chuck that one that over one. There. I don't know what that was. I don't know. Four is excessive. You've only got two people, first of all, that you're murdering. And you, you all could have used the same knife for both of them. Uh, his the math in his head. So he there's actually four people that are going to die that night, right? Yeah, Elizabeth, Katie, and then they're going to overdose. Though. So they don't need knives. They're not going to stab each other. I don't know how that would work. Essentially, it would just Katie be a knife would. fight until somebody dies. <laughs> um, but you don't need four knives. Does it tell you unless? He thought there was going to be a struggle and maybe the mom would overpower him and take the oh. knife. So maybe he needed another. But what was he doing? He was, they were stashed in a bag. He wasn't, it wasn't like they were on his body. And he they could weren't just like whip out another. Readily accessible. No. I don't know what his plan was. Um, anyway, Kim removed a knife and handed it to Lucas. You know, like, oh, here you go. Go, go do it. Go do the deed. Yes, he was the one to do the, the murdering. Deed. For Elizabeth. Alright? So he then crept into Elizabeth's room where she was sleeping peacefully. And he stabbed her through the throat. He continued to stab her eight times before he realized that wasn't working and she was screaming. So he tried to smother her with a pillow to stop her from screaming. After ten minutes from the start of the attack, Kim came to her mom's room because she heard something. And she thought that Lucas might need assistance. She wanted to make sure he was okay. Oh, but not not her mom. No. Of course not. Lucas. I need to make sure Lucas is okay. The man murdering my mother, I need to make sure he's all right. Not the dying mother, but the murderer. Her true love. Oh, my God. They're going to be together forever, Amanda. Good. They deserve each other. Kim crouched on the floor as her mother reached out a hand looking for help from her daughter kim did take the hand she did she took the hand but then released it because she realized it was her mother's and not lucas's she thought it was lucas's hand i don't know what hands he had available from stabbing and smothering that she thought he'd be reaching out a hand i don't 
but she saw her, she was like disgusted that it was her mother's hand. Like, oh, don't touch me, kind of thing. Oh my god. Yeah. After Elizabeth was killed, the plan was to have Kim murder her little sister, Katie. However, Kim was overcome with anxiety and panic and couldn't do it. So Lucas decided, all right, you're apparently, this is too much for you. I'll do it. Um, so he went to commit the second murder. Went into Katie's room, which, by the way, she shared with Kim for some reason. I don't know what that is. They were sharing a room, but remember... She had her own room. It was being used as a playroom. Kim's room was, right? So I guess they must have kept, it as, they just kept it as a playroom. Put the girls in there. Maybe they'll get a little better at bonding. Um, he stabbed her twice in the neck and then suffocated her with a pillow while she slept. Kim would later justify the murder as saving her sister from the heartbreak of losing her mother. That's some psycho. That's shit. that's disgusting that's i killed my sister who's two years younger than me just so that she didn't have to go through the pain of the fact that our mother just died that we murdered no there is no such thing so according to their own plan what they were what were they supposed to do now they were going to kill themselves you know let me guess that didn't happen they decided that was unneeded no I don't know why they put that in the plan in the first place to to stay together forever through death when they were if that were the case why, like, why would you did have you just, to kill just to kill yourselves then why would you have yeah, to kill other people I don't know I I don't know oh my gosh. so they took out the two people in their way and now they could just live happily without having to kill themselves Kim's like why did we even put that in the plan I have no idea but that seems stupid now oh my god I know it's it's I mean, it was thoroughly thought out over Happy Meals. Happy Meals. So, after the two brutal murders, you would think that you would freak out as young teens, right? Yeah. Especially since it's in the house that you live in. Most murderers try to clean up after the fact. Yeah. Yeah, no, they were not doing that. The house was sprayed with blood, by the way. It, like, brutal, brutal thing. Lucas got some on his shirt, some blood, and could not move on with his life. He wanted to wear the shirt again. He was freaking out because he got a spot of blood on his shirt. It just threw him into disarray. What the hell did he think was going to happen? I don't know. Maybe he should have just taken it off beforehand. Or worn something over it or not murdered anybody or we could have just not murdered anybody so no they did not clean up the house they had other plans besides you know suicide um instead the couple shared a bath together which does not scream 13 to me at all that screams very sexual have you ever had a bath with a man my husband of 15 years um, I mean, I've showered with a man more often than not, but, um, they, they shared a bath together, cleaning the blood off of themselves, but here's why, <laughs> here's why they clean the blood off of themselves, because Kim said the dog could smell it, there's a dog in the house, I don't know what 
the dog smelling the blood on them would do. I don't know if her four-legged friend was able to turn them in or... Did this dog know how to speak the, the words of human people? I mean, even... <laughs> I don't understand. Even if... Don't you think the dog is going to turn on you and be like, let me tell you, police officers, what I just saw. There's blood <laughs> everywhere. They Check cleaned, the bathtub. They cleaned themselves up. They didn't even lick it off. They just put water on it. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen, but I know who did it. I yeah, The dog. The dog. That's what they were worried about. So after washing up, they took Kim's mattress from upstairs... They went downstairs to eat tea cakes and watch Twilight. Of course they did. <laughs> they stayed in the house with these two dead bodies for 36 hours after the murder. 36 hours. Now, mind you, they took her mattress downstairs. Do you know what that means? They had to they go had past to, Katie. Th- yep. She's just, you know, hey, nonchalantly murdered over there. I'm just going to grab this mattress. I'll be out of your way in a moment. No, isn't that I can't. disgusting? That's so gross. So, with the corpses of their victims upstairs, they stayed downstairs on on Kim's mattress, and they watched Twilight, and they ate ice cream, and had sex with the corpses upstairs. Because they have to consummate the fact that they just murdered two people for no reason whatsoever. Apparently, it's so gross. So a couple days after being laid up in the house, their school raised the alarm when they failed to show up. Oh. Lucas's aunt reported him missing as well. Police ended up breaking into the house. After, you know, Kim's not at school. Lucas isn't at school. Lucas is clearly not home. We don't know about Kim. Let's go to her house and check it out. So when they asked Lucas what happened, he he had what only I could think of as relatable to what, like, Ira Einhorn would have said. His answer was, why don't you go and look? You found what you found. I know, right? Upstairs, they found the bloodied bodies of Elizabeth and Katie laying in the beds where they died. The chilling police interviews played on the show that I was watching suggested that both Markham and Edwards were calm. They were calm during this whole thing. This was just like another day for them. They showed no emotion, no remorse over a double killing. When asked how she felt about the murder, Kim said, I was okay with it. The fact it happened so quickly gave me peace of mind because it wasn't like torture or anything. Oh, heavens. Oh, my God. Wasn't it like torture or anything? I'm sorry. Was your mom not reaching her hand out to you for help while she's being stabbed and smothered? So, basically, she's saying it's okay because they weren't tortured. They were just killed quickly. Why? They just died in their sleep. The knife just danced on them. She is delusional. There's something wrong with her. So the next day, Kim made full admissions to the police, giving them a step-by-step account of not only the murders, but the planning as well. I would love to know if she's like, yeah, so we went to McDonald's and we had 
Happy Meals. Happy Meals. He had a Coke and I had a root beer. Yeah. So, in the weeks after her arrest, Kim still showed no remorse. The couple was then charged with two counts of murder on April 17th. That's only... It's not far. Four days after. Mm-hmm. On September 6th, Kim and Lucas both admitted to manslaughter, but pleaded not guilty to murder. No, which no. Which is so weird, because she just told them everything she did. Yeah, no, no, honey, you, you are guilty of murder. However, on October 10th, Lucas did admit to the murder. Which is so weird, because Kim already did that. Yeah. I don't know why, I don't know. Kim denied the charges against her. She was like, no, everything I told you, that was just a story. I mean, clearly we planned it at McDonald's. It was a joke. That would be something she would do, wouldn't it? It would totally be. She was claiming to be suffering from an abnormality of mental function, which impaired her ability to form rational judgments. You know, the insanity defense. However, the police said that she and her boyfriend had planned the killings for a while and were in full agreement. She told two detectives the plan was fully agreed on before her and her boyfriend did anything. We fully agreed on it. Mind you, she fell asleep two days in a row, and Lucas did say to her, do you not want to do this? Because you have fallen asleep. And she was like, no, 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 I totally want to do this. So they were in full agreement. She did half an hour. He, she fell asleep. There were two days where she could have said, no, we, we're not doing this. Yeah. The court heard that she said, we made sure that we were both definitely, like, okay with it. And he continuously asked me if I still wanted to go through with it, and I said yes. That's admitting to it. Yeah. I don't. It's, I mean, they're 13. During her trial, Prosecutor Pete Joyce, QC, which is the Queen's Counsel, told the court that Edwards accepted that although Markham stabbed the victims, she was equally responsible for the deaths, having planned them and helped out putting the plan into action. He, she handed him the knife. I know. Again, 13 years old. On the fifth day of trial, which would have been her sister Katie's 14th birthday, <gasps> Kim appeared unmoved. Her grief was likened by the Crown's lawyer to that usually being felt by a child at the death of a pet or hamster. Oh my. Oh my. You know, like, my hamster died. So sad. Mom said we should bury him in the backyard. I'll just buy a new one. Right. Oh. And this is her sister. The prosecutor told the jury that Kim had been the driver behind the killings and could have simply accepted Lucas's repeated offers to back out of the pre-agreed plan. Mm -hmm. Before being sent out to consider their verdicts, jurors were urged by Mr. Joyce to be as cold and dispassionate about their deliberations as Kim had been to ending her mother and siblings' lives. He told the jury, quote, You know, in fact, who the driver was between these two. She only had to say no, and it would never have ever happened. It is really quite clear her hatred for her mother drove this ever onwards. He continued, quote, 
the sheer brutality and utter contempt for her mother and her sister oozes from every pore of that girl in police interviews. And now she says to the psychiatrist, I'm glad my mother's dead. She did not. Are you surprised? Oh my God. Kim said in a police interview that her mom doesn't have to deal with me anymore. Um, being like suicidal. And doesn't have to wake up worrying every morning if I'm going to be alive still. No, that, no. That's, that's, no. She took that pain away from her mother. No. She sees this as her helping hand. No. None of that. None of that. No. Lucas has stated that he went through the killings in order to protect Kim. I think this goes in with the Twilight theme. Stay with me. You ready? Edward would do anything for Bella to protect her, right? Yes. I think Kim saw this same quality in Lucas and, like, portrayed it, like, put it onto him. So he thinks that's what he was doing. He was just protecting her. Mind you, we do not know what she told Lucas about her situation at home. Right, true. So we don't know what he was thinking. Elizabeth had already slapped her. She claimed she strangled her. So what is she telling Lucas? That she's abused all the time and now he thinks that he's just doing some vigilante justice? Either way, Like he's some sort of superhero coming to her window? Climbing up the wall like Spider-Man. I'm sure she did feed him stuff. Kiss me upside down. Stuff like that, but still murder. Yeah. After her arrest for murder, detectives found evidence of her apparent intention to take her own life. She, like, totally intended to do that. A note written by Kim in a pink diary found at her home read, Fuck you, world. I want to be cremated, and I want mine and Lucas's ashes scattered at our favorite place we don't give a fuck anymore what was their favorite place was it guard the garden or mcdonald's or the school the right. tent the tent the couch know. where she straddled them i don't i, I didn't don't know, know they had a favorite place Me i didn't either. know that does lucas know i who knows <laughs> um in the uk kids are actually held criminally responsible from the age of 10 nice these two were clearly past that. Yeah. On October 11th, Kim Edwards was found guilty of murder by a unanimous verdict. She and Lucas were later both given life sentences with a minimum term of 20 years by the high court judge, Mr. Justice Hayden Cave. The couple who are believed to be the UK's youngest double murderers later launched a challenge at the Court of Appeal against their manifestly excessive minimum turns. This is excessive. We only killed two people. Only. And we clearly did it for a purpose that was good for us, not them or the rest of the world. But this is excessive, all right? 20 years, get out of here. They were. Not. I was thinking that's not enough. I was thinking the same exact thing. And they're over here going, excuse me, their lives were not worth 10 each. We didn't torture them. We killed them fast. Right. And we were just saving my sister from being sad. No. Because we killed my mother. No. So lawyers representing them at the hearing urged three judges to find that the sentencing judge was in error. 
when he decided on the terms. Lucas watched the proceedings via video link as arguments were made on his behalf by Sir Brian Levison, Mr. Judge Blake, and Mr. Justice Lewis. The Court of Appeals judge reduced the pair's minimum terms to 17 and a half years each. Are you serious? I am dead serious. And that, my friends, is the story of Kim Edwards and Lucas Markham, who, by the way, are dubbed the Twilight Killers. That's what they, that's what they named them, the, the Twilight Killers. Oh, my God. That is what you can put into Google, the Twilight Killers, and it brings them up. But I didn't want to lead with that because I didn't want you to know where this is going. Because unlike your son, when you hear Twilight, <laughs> you think vampires and not the time of day. So, um, I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Again, rate, share, review. Um, one weird thing I want to mention is that you can go to our website, uh, www.allegedlyatruecrimepodcast.godaddysites.com. And there is a spot on there where you can uh, contact us and send us an email. If you guys have any cases that you know of that we should cover, you can send us requests. I... I am keeping a folder of requests. I know I already got one from James. Um, I also sent an email to ourselves just to test out the website, and it does work. So, uh, Gina requested some too, right? Yes. You can request on Facebook as well. Um, I just, I have OCD, so I want to keep them all together. No. When she says she has OCD, she has OCD. Yeah, so I think keeping them in a folder would be great. Um, yeah. our email rather than me having to write them down and keep them everywhere. But if you do go to our website, there's a lot on there. I tried, I tried to put quite a bit on there. So there's a spot about the cases that we've covered. You can listen right from the you website. Can, yeah. It, so on the homepage, there is a couple fun things it has links with buttons to where you can listen to us. There's also a spot where it shows the latest episode. There's a special thanks, which we've never verbally thanked Joshua Ann, but he is the creator of our opening music. Um, there's a thank you to him on there, along with a link to his YouTube, YouTube. page. But there's how to stay alive, which is a fun thing that I put together of taking something from each case and figuring out how to stay alive. Like maybe what somebody did wrong and they got killed. Then there's cases we've covered. Um, but then there's a special little area called dedicated to the victims. Um, that is where you can go and see that fun thing that I always tell you guys about, um, findagrave.com, um, and it'll have a link right to the victim's find a grave as long as I can find one. But that is where we are going to put a little bio of the victim or victims, really honoring the victims, because I know that, especially with our first episode, um, Holly Maddox, I was upset that her yeah. find a grave 
still portrayed her as that victim and really brought it back onto Ira. Yeah. So, in our spot on our face or on our website, it's it's about the victim um, with that link. Uh, that link really tells you a lot of information where they're buried, whatever. If it's in a town like your local hometown or town over, and you want to just go pay your respects or something, I think that would be super cool. Um, feel free to send us pictures if that's something you do. Um, then, of course, we have the Who Are You page, and that is where you can see a picture of Amanda and I and our bios about ourselves. Um, and then the contact page, uh, you know, and it has a how-to, really. It's very easy to navigate, super easy. It is. And so that is up and ready to go, and I hope you guys enjoyed this one. We have a new episode coming out next Friday that I am super excited about. We've got some super cool things happening by our next our next show. So have a great day, great night, whenever you're listening to us, and we will be back next time. Bye, Amanda. Bye, Ashley.